Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. And on that note, we cue the music. Welcome back to Biff Radio. Uh, I'm... I'm flustered. I'm I'm nervous. I'm excited because I have a very special guest on. Um, so as everyone has, or a lot of people, especially my age, discovered TikTok during uh, the pandemic, I, <laughs> I heard about TikTok and I'm like, oh, I'm 37. I shouldn't be on this thing. And I ventured in and my uh, For You page was trash at first. But then after it curated, I've, it's, I've, I've found a lot of music and... A couple of weeks ago, I'm scrolling through on my way on my uh, before right before I go to work, and this awesome artist pops up, and it's it's an introduction video, which is awesome. It's like it, it was meant to happen. This guy is introducing himself, and I, I'm digging his music and his style, and what he stands for. And so, 2021 is shoot your shot year, I think. <laughs> it's and, and like I'm I'm married, so that's not going to be with with uh, any, any uh, gentlemen or uh, ladies. But I'm you know for the podcast, I want to shoot my shot. So I went on on Twitter and I said, "Hey, do you want to come on the podcast?" Expecting to be like either uh, hell no or just nothing, and or I got one person who just like said no, then blocked me. I was like. <laughs> That seems harsh. That seems a, lo- a, mu- a bit much, but uh, this person said yes, and I'm super excited because I've been. Um, I know the end of the year when my Spotify comes out, uh, this music is going to be on there on my top hundred, and that's uh, not a lie. So I am very excited to welcome to the podcast, Nerdy. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for following me from TikTok of all places. I, that's that's where you. That's it's where the it's craziest at. thing. Like, I was just like, I was scrolling, and I was like, it was literally like the last one I was gonna do before I, I got went to work, and it was like a hi there, and it was like, oh, this is awesome. I should yeah, and I watch it, and I started watching your your stuff, and I was just like, this is awesome. And Shout so, out to my fiance. I wouldn't have done that video had she not bugged me to do something like that. So there we go. Um, we did it. I mean, much like my, my wife, I'm sure uh, it's the, it's the other people in our lives, our significant others that are smarter than us and that they make us do the things we should do. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, no, definitely. I, I've gotten a lot farther than I normally would have <laughs> if I didn't have someone kick in my butt from time to time. So you are... A, a man of, of many hats. You are obviously a musician. Uh, you are an activist. Yeah. You have started a, a an organization. So in um, your hometown of Minneapolis. Yes. Um, you are very been very active this year. I mean, I'm sure you've been active when it comes to be, uh, being an activist before this year, but obviously, or I guess last year now, mm-hmm. but, um, with everything that happened, especially in your neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, I think the first thing I want to do is I just want to play a little sample for people because hopefully, you know, this is going to be their first intro into you. And then in a year, they're going to be like, hey, remember when he did that little shitty podcast? And (laughs) it's going to be like, yes, he did do that. Exactly Um, right. We're on all of the podcasts. This is not a little. This is this is the beginning of an amazing mega podcast. I see. We're we're speaking it. We're speaking it in. I like that energy. So I'm actually going to play. So it's from your album, Chicago Avenue, which I've just been Mm. playing on loop. Probably my favorite song uh, on there. I just want to play a little bit of it. It's called uh, Black Skinned Angel. Yes. I really dig this song a whole lot. The entire album, I will say. The, um, the music, the instrumentation of it is just so good. 
Um, but like this song just, it, it just hooked me and I've probably played this song on loop like at least four or five times today. Yo. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of it. So we're going to listen to Black Sea Angel off the album Chicago Avenue. When I was younger, used to stand inside the shower, scrub my body raw so maybe I'd be white like all the other kids. And when they wouldn't let me date their daughters, I would sit and ponder, wondering like what it was I ever did. But that was yesterday and now I see tomorrow. My self-esteem was never something I could borrow. It came from inside, this pride that I am basking in, crafted fearfully and wonderfully inside this blackest skin. That's my melanin, heard it a couple times before. Said it on this album and I'll put it in a hundred more. I'm just here to tell you that you're someone that you should adore. That is just a fact from Matthew Black to be on one accord. Yeah, I said it beautiful and nappy headed. Get in all my dreams and you can do it too. Promise you, you won't regret it. Stand up on your feet, draped in ebony. Be who you gon' be. Child, I hope you see that you're really gleaming now. Black skinned angel. Take the world, never let it go Heavenly, when you come close Chariot, won't you swing low Black skin, angel Take the world, never let it go Heavenly, when you come close I just, I love that song so much. Yo, thank you. Thank you very much. Shout out to Lieutenant Sonny, who is on that track with me. That's actually my favorite track on oh, awesome. the entire Chicago Avenue. So hearing that you digging in as much as I do, that is, uh, that makes my night. That's really cool. Awesome, man. Like, yeah, I, I guess just, I mean, if you want to like, talk about the song, I mean, obviously it's a little bit self-explanatory, but like, oh. I mean, like, you know, kind of the origins, the roots of that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I remember when I started writing that song, the whole of Chicago Avenue is about, um, a little bit of a celebration, a black celebration, self-love, care, uh, rebuilding, re reestablishing yourself um, in yourself. And I, when I heard that beat, I remember I was just transfixed with it. Um, just the simpleness of it, but at the same time, just like its flow and the whole thing. And I wanted to write a song that was like, a specifically referenced people who look like me, kids who look like myself, um, who might have grown up in situations where they're even more of a minority than they are statistically. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I grew up in Rosemont, Minnesota. I could count the amount of black kids I went to school with on two hands. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah, for sure. You know, it wasn't, and I had, I had fingers to spare, you know? So, um, that feeling of other and wanting to change all that. And, but to be able to celebrate yourself, even among, in the midst of all that and love yourself and be excited about yourself, I was really into it. So I, I, that's where that song came from. And then Lieutenant Sonny got on it and she just brought this up, like this whole other beautiful perspective that as a black woman that has like, there's more nuances to that. And so she brought that in that's and awesome. all in all, that's like, yes, it's my, one of my favorites. It's my favorite song on the album, but it's, I mean, uh, it's definitely one of my, one of my top songs that I've made. And it's just like, I mean, it kicks off like with that, that the imagery of like you in the shower trying to scrub off the, you know, the black. And it's just, mm. obviously that is, is, is nothing. I mean, I have felt that as the other in situations, but not anywhere near to that degree. And it's just like something like that, that just, 
it's profoundly sad, but but also like the fact that you found that acceptance of like mm-hmm. I am beautiful and I am this black skinned angel is something mm-hmm. that's so amazing to me. And it's just the music and yeah, Lieutenant Sonny like such a voice. Um, and now is Lieutenant Sonny like someone that you like, you've known or uh, yes, Lieutenant Sonny is one of the another artist here in uh, the Twin Cities who is amazing. She has just been. Uh, blasted through her music stuff she has her own she has her own podcast uh, uh, the sex talk podcast where she, oh, she talks shot, about you shot. know sexual health and sexual in understanding and stuff and so she's she is she is taking her herself into this huge new perspective but yeah i've known her ever since she was competing on an open mic the same open mic that i started at you know when i started doing hip-hop and just seeing her grow into this amazing artist is without a doubt one of the most one of the most fulfilling relationships i have in my musical career so she's amazing that's awesome i mean so it's like talking about like you know the the your roots your beginning i guess mm-hmm. like where, where did nerd d start like when when did this journey begin well yeah so actually it's funny uh i did rock and roll for about seven years i was in a rock and roll group i played piano i sang and um it was it was called Saving Vinyl City. We eventually switched the name to Black Genesis, nice. um, which sounds like a heavy metal band. It really wasn't. We called ourselves Black Genesis because we were like Genesis, but if Phil Collins was black instead, <laughs> <laughs> so we called ourselves Black Genesis. That's amazing. Was, um, so yeah, but uh, I was in that group for a very long time. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought I, 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 we were all right, but in Minneapolis, in the Minnesota scene, uh, rock and roll is still kind of segregated. It just is, you know, and ultimately setback after setback after setback, people get disillusioned with the dream and the band wasn't really working out the way we wanted it to. And people were kind of looking for some other things to do. And as, as me, I wanted to be a musician. I've, that's all I've ever wanted to do. I said to myself, well, like I could still do music. I could still do something. And what would I want to do? And so I decided to try hip hop out just for fun, for kicks and giggles, you know, <laughs> for shimmies and shakes. And it started working out. Like I, I found myself super excited. I found myself really being able to explore how I wanted to say things and how I wanted to do things and finding people who understood or at least could empathize and 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 connect with what I was doing. And then so it just kind of took off. I started off doing open mics at uh Go 95.3, uh Go Radio. Shout out to to, to them RIP cuz the radio station just shut down because of COVID. Oh no. But, it's super sad, but they were the ones that gave me my start. I was doing open mics. Uh, I won four contests in a row. Then they retired me. They told me I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. Like, had to give the other minutes. people a chance. I had, I had to give the, the young kids a chance. Okay, okay. And so then I started judging and started mentoring. And uh, from there, it's just been, you know, tour. I got, got to go on tour with Brother Ali. Um, I got to do uh, a bunch of different stuff. I played for Paisley Park, the Kennedy Center. Uh, First Avenue multiple times now. Uh, it has been a wonderful existence, and I'm really excited for when we can go back out and be around people so we can get back out and bring this nerd stuff to the world, really. Because you have – so uh, in in the TikTok that introduced you, you mm-hmm. said you have a band. You have a, a band. And yes. Your, your band has – 
an amazing name. Yes, your friendly neighborhood spider band is the band's name. Oh, uh, they are fantastic. They're a really talented group of individuals, some of whom I've known for my like basically my whole life. Other people I've known, I've got to meet throughout doing music uh, in the Twin Cities, but ultimately some of the most fun, silly, ridiculous people, but really, really talented. Correct me if I'm Oop, wrong. I lost your, oh, sorry. I lost your audio. Oh, sorry. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys yeah. got to do a live show at a pretty big venue just mm-hmm. recently, like last week. Uh, we were doing a show last week. Let me see. Or at least it was, it was recent. Yeah, we did. The last time we had the entire band together, we were in Wisconsin and we had did a event for the Levitt AMP. But before that, we did a we. It was an anniversary of the time that we had our show at First Avenue, our main room show at First Avenue. Okay. That might have been what you saw. Because I know I also saw something about um, the first first uh, U.S. Bank. Yes. Oh no 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 yes. And then the U.S. Bank Stadium, we did uh, a show not too long ago at the U.S. Bank Stadium during COVID. So everything was everyone was gone except for us. But still, I mean, that's massive. I mean, that, that's it a stadium. Huge. That's huge. It was yeah. huge. It was huge. It was huge. It was so amazing. So cool. You know, wheeling up there, seeing your name on the Jumbotron and you're just like, oh my goodness. And so, yeah, we did a whole uh, concert there. They recorded it. It's it's, it's on the YouTube channel uh, for people to watch and enjoy. But yeah, it was uh a big moment. I remember when I, I wheeled in, they're like, Oh, we have a surprise for you. And I, and I, and I'm like, okay. And I, you know, I, we, I wheel through and I see my name on this huge screen. You see the Vikings logo, at the bottom, of all the seats. And then you see your name across the field, big enough that I could read it from where I was standing. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, wow. Can, like- I'm really out here for real. Like people really want to listen to, what I'm doing. And they were like, yeah, you know, this is, this is big. Said, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd be having you out here. And I was just like, yo, I believe it. That's awesome, man. I mean, like that is something I like, I mean, I, you know, growing up in the Midwest, like I know I have family that are from Minnesota. Like the Vikings mm-hmm. is, is legit. Like the Vikings mm-hmm. much like, you know, I live in Cleveland with you know the Browns and grew up in mm-hmm. Detroit. Like, those football teams are religion. So to be able to go to the stadium yeah. and then be like, you know, like, yeah, like we want you here. And if it wasn't for this, God damn pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Oh, that would be was, amazing. But yeah, no, the pandemic is uh if I could find if I could find COVID, if I could find this Rona person, we would have some words. Rona's got oh god, I've I definitely have hit the wall. Like like I've seen a bunch of mm-hmm. TikToks about like you know hitting that, that COVID wall and yeah. I've like I mean, my wife so she has she luckily has been able to work from home since mm-hmm. right before St. Patrick's Day. I still go into the office, but like I'm like one of two people in the office. Mm. All my other people are remote, but like, it's yeah. Like, I mean, Christmas this year was, yep. I didn't, it's the first time I, I didn't get to see my, my, my parents. Um, my dad passed away in August. And oh, so, sorry to hear that. Thank you. And so like not to be able to see like my sister a whole bunch and you know, like my aunts and it's just mm-hmm. like, we, we've all gone through this, this trauma together, like 2020 mm-hmm. was, was this massive trauma and we're still going through it. It's not like, yeah, like everyone's like oh, 2021. Like, yeah, it's still here guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still, I, I think I was telling somebody the other day about this. I said, 2020, I think what hit people, a lot of people, the hardest is that how much we expected out of that year for some reason. And I, and, and maybe it's just hindsight, but I remember 2019 
people talk about 2020 is going to be the year like 2020 is going to be this big awesome year because like, I, I think it was something about the 20s together yeah. i think everyone was like super excited about it um it was the last year of a uh, certain person's presidency hopefully so people were starting to get it like excited about the concept of maybe that not being happening anymore and like everyone's starting to get in this vibe and then january honestly was like pretty dope at least for me anyway we were on a high note we were doing all this stuff and so I just everybody around me was talking about how great 2020 was going to be, you know, and then 2020 happened. And I think the fall from where it was like the fall from grace, if it were from where it was, was so demonstratively bigger because of how high it was up. Like it was it would be a bad year just regularly, but it was it was ultimately even worse because people were like this was going to be the best thing. And then things just happened after thing. It was like, boom, 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 boom. It wouldn't stop punching. It just, it was so like, I mean, so in 2020, like early 2020, like my wife had a, a thing down in Orlando. I visited mm-hmm. her. We went to Disney world. I got to go build a lightsaber. And like, we were looking wow. at it at the end of the year. I'm like, that seems like 35 years ago. Like that, right? Does, that, like the beginning of 2020 to the end, like I kept, I made the joke and it ran into the ground. 2020 was the longest decade I've ever lived through. Yeah. It like, was so long. I, I was like, it felt, it both, it simultaneously felt like it was, it was just yesterday and it was a million years. Like, yeah. I don't know how it managed to make that happen. But every day, first of all, a lot of days ran together because we weren't going out. We weren't doing anything. Oh, we were sure. sitting there watching Tiger King for like 80 years. And then we were God. just like, <laughs> what happened? We turned like, around. Like, like, to me, it was the innocence. The age of innocence was, was, was like Tiger King. And you know, that was, we still thought it was going to be a month. We thought yeah. it was going to be like maybe a month, maybe a couple of weeks. We'll oh, yeah. watch some stuff on Netflix and then we're going to go back to normal. It's like we're basically going to skip the crappy part of winter, the end yeah. of it, and then like it, the spring will come and it'll disappear like a miracle. And yeah, <laughs> spoiler, um, it didn't. And it then didn't. it didn't. It 100% did it. It's still here today. And then oh, I mean, to like transition to obviously things that are even you know worse. So, I mean, you know, we get to late May, early June, mm-hmm. and we get to, uh, I, I guess, what was it like being, you know, where you were during all yeah. this? I mean, really, truly the epicenter of something that will be taught to children. I mean, yeah. God, you know, willing, it'll be taught to children. Oh, it will. It will, yeah. especially here in Minnesota at the very yeah. least. But, um, I mean, it affected the world, really. Yeah. And, again, I think, I think the bittersweet thing about COVID was that people didn't have anything to distract themselves. Usually when atrocities happen, and not to say that this is what people would want, but a lot of times when atrocities happen, we're all so busy. We're just all so busy. Atrocities happen every day and have been happening all the time. But we're all so busy. You know, we're watching things. We're going to games. We're going to concerts. We're out here. We're going to work. We only have so much time to, to, to care about anything our emotional batteries have run dry at the end of the day um but for a lot of people suddenly finding themselves either out of work or at the very least they're op- like that they're what they had to do be severely reduced and other things that they would occupy themselves going away yeah suddenly they just had all this extra space to pay attention and so here we are in minneapolis i was actually living in st paul at the time but which is just across the river, like 20 minute drive, yeah. not even. Yeah. And 
I remember laying in bed watching the video of George Floyd being murdered by the Minneapolis Police Department and thinking to myself, this is different than all the other times because we've seen people be killed. I was I marched for Philando. I like I, I I marched for others here in who've been killed. Um, but I think it was I think it was the length. I think it was the helplessness of the onlookers. Yeah. I think it was the like the crying out uh, for the his mother and and knowing that I've walked that street. I, I went to college right down the way. I could, I was, I've been over there a million times before that. And, and before it was the street, it was just a street. Yeah. And that it could have been any street that I had walked down any time I had walked down it. And it, it really, it shattered the scarring, the scar tissue that a lot of black people in this country and around the world really carry along with them. Uh, scar tissue from years of knowing that you're just a little bit different than your white peers um that that you're used to this like this is something that happens from time to time but somehow it broke through all of that and so when that was going down that first couple weeks was really something yeah i i I, it's really hard to say it was um the uprising truly was terrifying. It was beautiful. It was scary. It was empowering. It was a lot of different things all happening at once because there were so many things happening at once. You know, in the days I remember, uh, Justice Frontline Aid, we were doing food shelf, doing food mission stuff. We were getting tons and tons of donations from people we were getting it out to different people all across you know the 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 twin cities metro area minneapolis but even outside of that just helping people with with food needs now that there are places where they would shop or eat or stuff like that were gone um and that was beautiful but then that night we were out there you know getting shot at with rubber bullets being gassed being you know people being thrown around seeing the worst um that humanity really has to offer you know people like white supremacists the police officers every sort of kind of mayhem that you could want to see uh or not want to see but you'd hope you'd never see on full display it was a very strange time to be a a minnesotan you know everyone thinks minnesota's yeah they think of fargo and they think of like like almost like like, you know our versions of canadians and i i mean from the outside it, it it was like looking at it and having, you know, it was, I, I was dumbfounded at times. I was mm. absolutely dumbfounded at times. And I, I really tried to, I, I was, I wanted to reach out to, to my, you know, my black friends, but I never wanted to be like, you need to explain this to me. Cause I, I felt like so mm-hmm. many times, like you need to explain why you're angry. It's like you, if you can't figure that out, then you need to have that conversation first with yourself. Mm-hmm. But, then just like seeing it, and it, it did feel different. It felt like, like this can't be brushed away. This mm-hmm. and you know, you know, seeing all of the like. I know your organization. You guys also do a lot of stuff with medics. Like mm-hmm. um, you know, see people being shot in the eye. I think like one mm-hmm. of your one of your TikToks talk about like you know someone having you know, lo- I don't know if they lost their eye or not, but like being shot in the eye. They just, didn't. Luckily, we God. had a nurse. One of our nurses uh, was there to be able to save her eye in that basement. 
like that. So that particular story is really great to hear. Just recently, it was re- like she sued the city. She won her thing. She's Good. doing Good. great. She her eye is healthy. She's fine. But I remember that night. I'll never forget that night because we had we were at a first aid area station. People were pr- protesting. The police had an issue with that. They decided to push gas, shoot harass all the things that they had been doing up until that point so we set up a place for people to come and be helped if they needed help like they would be injured or bleeding or any of these things anything we could try and triage and try to get them to like a hospital or something else you know not protesting not even protesting literally just being there to help people should they need help and like medics and, like other protests i saw like i'm sure yeah. you guys were, were clearly marked like yeah oh like, yeah oh yeah no medics we have water we have supplies we yeah, are we're here not to, here for that yeah we are, like, we are neutral we are switzerland in, in this yeah. whole thing and yeah and they uh, they came through they shot us up i remember the nurses running out in front with their hands up being like, we're nurses. People are injured back here. Like if you're going to arrest us, just arrest us, but please stop shooting over here. Like that would be really like, like just, we will do whatever you ask. We just don't, we, these people can't run. These people can't fight. They're literally injured. And they kept shooting at us until eventually we were like, we were getting hit. I remember, I remember I got shot in the hip and I thought to myself, it was a non-lethal round, but you don't know that when you get hit with something that hurts like the Dickens, you know what I mean? I've never been shot before. So my first thought was like, I remember getting hit. I had my hands up trying to protect some the nurses with my body and like getting hit in the hip and thinking to myself, Oh, well, this is where I die. I guess I'm just going to die like here in this parking lot. Uh, I guess that's the end of, I guess that's the end. Um, Thank the Lord that it wasn't. And we managed to get out of there. I remember pushing this man who couldn't run because he had been injured in a little wheelie chair that from some office building because oh, no. we couldn't get him out any other way. And we got him put into this, this person's car. We're like, you need to get this person out of here. You need to get them to a hospital or something because they can't run. And they're trying to run us out of here. So, like, you need Jeez. to get them out of here. So it was a wild night. And we ended up hiding in a friend's basement because at the same time as the police were out there, uh, smashing people's windows open uh slashing everybody's tires they did that we have video proof of the of the police department slashing people's tires in the parking lot so they couldn't come back and get out of there you know we were in a basement but then at the same time as that was happening there were white supremacists walking around looking to kill people yeah Uh, my dj got shot at like by these people like they were in a black owned business all boarded up and they came through looking to try and destroy them and kill everybody inside and uh we so we couldn't leave the basement because really, at yeah. this point it was like it was anybody who was out on the street was either going to hurt you or arrest, either going to try and kill you or try to arrest you and that's all we knew God. and so we were in the basement and this girl was walking home with her boyfriend and she got one of the, the cops whipped around, put her flashlight, put a flashlight in their face, shot her point blank in the face, with which we now know now was a, like a tracing round or a paint round. They're like these, like these large, like this big oh paint pants that's supposed to explode all over your clothes so they can catch you later. It's like big a soup can. 
Yeah, and they shot her in the face, point blank. Couldn't be any closer to, like, literally as point blank as you could possibly be. Shot her in the face, didn't try to help her. Um, the boyfriend managed to drag her out of there as other people came in to, 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 to uh, shout at the police for doing that. They just happened to find the steps of the apartment building we were hiding in. And our nurses got them, our nurse got her inside worked on her face, made sure that with, with what she had, like, cause we had taken what we could from the nurse, the medical station, what we had, she, we all took out our cell phones because we didn't want to turn the lights on. And we got her, we got her on herself, our cell phones. And she fixed that girl's eye by cell phone light and determination that uh, she was, uh, Ashley was her name, Ashley Huber. She's an amazing nurse. And she, wow basically did everything she could to make sure that girl was all right, kept her, uh, checked her symptoms, made sure she was okay throughout the night because head wounds are a big deal. Yeah. And we got her to the hospital afterwards. And then we made sure to pay for her medical bills as well. Oh my God, so like amazing. that, but that was the, that was what was going on, like on the streets regularly. And it didn't matter whether you were protesting or not. If it was after eight o'clock, they were going to hurt you. And so like, it was like that's, a like, wild that, that's time. what it sounds like like you know when people talk about like what Baghdad was like and what mm-hmm. like what war zones and this is a United States city mm-hmm. and by like, its own police force and the occupate yeah the, the occupying force was were the police you <laughs> it had was the police wild. and you had white supremacists and the proud boys and yeah. the collateral dam- the collateral damage were the people who lived there the <laughs> yep. taxpaying citizens the human being like that's <laughs> yeah. unfathomable it was wild. I I remember the first the first night, uh, walking my to see my friend Nathan. We were trying to bring water and some milk to the front lines of the third precinct where everything was initially went on before it spread out to the entire city. Um, that first night, and walking through this parking lot, little strip mall parking lot, and um, fireworks were going off not above the parking lot in the parking lot people were just shooting things so it's like explosions are happening all around us and we're just walking in and we're just like so it's just the end of the world like yeah like like, you watch this this tenement building is on fire you can see it from blocks away the target's on fire the the cub is on fire the aldi is being broken into banks are being broken into liquor stores are being broken into fireworks are blasting off cars are whipping out everywhere and around everywhere there's shouting a large mob of people shouting uh who have just been there peacefully protesting this entire time still not refusing to leave the police station even with everything happening around them and um and the police shooting from above from their area just shooting people from their thing until the next day after 48 hours of contestants protest eventually they the violence that had been around the peaceful protest eventually made its way into the third precinct and they burnt it to the ground. I remember as we watched it, we were in the parking lot next to it doing first aid and medic stuff, watching as that entire precinct went up in flames. And it was, you, you said, like you said, it was like a war zone. I said, I've never been in a war. I've never, I've never been to war. And I, and I know that the, the trauma that that brings and the all that stuff is a unique experience and i don't want to diminish anybody who's experienced that but what i can say is that's the closest i've ever been to something like that and i can only imagine it's maybe a degree or two off 
of how that sort of thing is with the only exception is there is no and then i went home because you are home like this is your home this is your country you are here on your ground you anytime you hear sirens you think it's coming for you like that's the difference uh where i would say there's a difference between that and like going off to war is that yeah everybody speaks the same language as you everybody the unit you're they're the only ones in uniform you're just living yeah and that, like and, to me that that's just it's mind-bending that like i'm watching it from ohio i'm like I'm on the same kind. I'm on the same kind. I have family that live 20 Mm. minutes away and like they're in the suburbs. So like they're fine. Like they're in the suburbs. Like they're, uh, uh, you know, their life is uninterrupted from this, but 20 Mm. minutes. uh, That's just, uh, but I mean, that was wild. Yeah. But I mean, the the fact that like your organization uh, and like all the information will be tweeted out in the show notes. Like, you know, you guys are, like you said, you, you paid medical bills of the, of that, of that girl. You mm-hmm. are like doing this work. And like, obviously the work is still going. It's, we didn't solve it. Like things haven't yeah, been solved. No. Like it wasn't, oh, like, oh, we, it's have, done. We're, we, yeah, we got racism on the ropes. Give us another two weeks and I'm yeah. sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> like the pandemic, like give it two weeks. And we'll, yeah. You know. We'll figure it out. We'll get it. We'll get it figured out in a, in, in a moment or two. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done, but yeah. the fact is that people are still doing it, and, and that and that key that brings me hope. As as a very, very hopeful. Uh, so I to to break you know a little break. I want to uh, play another one of your songs here. Yeah, um, I want to play Phoenix. A Phoenix is a song oh yes that is I, I really really enjoy. And so we're gonna play Phoenix, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about right now. While I'm looking at you, I see an awesome logo that has a lot of meaning. Uh, yes. behind me and so we're, we're going to talk about that logo and uh, what it represents so here is Phoenix once again off of Chicago Avenue Outside, comfortable cause cups run a over full of residents. Let me get a buck for a soda so the boys don't say we loitering and come toward the corner or we recording. People important to these reporters need a story regardless of reason. We'll be extorted. Politicians performing, thinking they speaking for us. Another mural appears, death feeding graffiti artists. In Texas, I'm seeing all this. Media riots, immediate bias, while black women are leading marches. Spirit alive, more than a village is full of victims. Giving children free vittles at individual vigils. Indivisible, but ain't pledge allegiance to nothing but twin cities. Invisible fences at city limits. Bridges burnt, the fire ignited to raise a phoenix. Ashes hide in the sun and the skies was gray as genus. But now it's shining, we undefeated. Yeah, I've seen fire, I've seen fire. I mean, just once again, just it's so good. Shout out to Minnesota. 
Minnesota on that first verse. That that track has uh, Minnesota and Destiny Roberts, two other Twin Cities artists on there. They really brought their A game yeah. for those verses. It's for such a good track. sure. It is such a good track. So I alluded to it, and this is a, a poor way to see it. And, and again, people that follow the podcast, they've seen this logo. So if you see here on my phone... Um, Oh, yeah. So that was for my bachelor party. That's Um, amazing. So it's chicken wings and uh, bottles of Coke. (laughs) But when I saw so when I saw your logo, I'm like, the glass is like, wait a minute. I know that logo. That logo has been a part of me for for quite a while. So Mm. um, so folks, you know, they'll be seeing it. The nerdy is that too sweet, uh, yes. very bullet club influenced for, for, for life. We talking about the bullet club. We talking the click. We talking the NWO. We talking the whole nine yards, man. I'm t- even Ballard club. I'm going to bring, I'll go all the way to Ballard club and the OG, like every single club. That's what we're about. So now like, how long have you been a wrestling fan? I have been a wrestling fan since I think middle school. Okay. I remember when I was younger, like when I was in like like early middle school, middle school, everyone's like the joke was that it's fake, right? You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. So you know, I thought that was what it was. I thought it was like a funny fake thing until I watched it for the first time. And I think my I'd never watched it before. We didn't have cable growing up, so I think it was on network television. I was watching SmackDown back when it was on like you know, UPN or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh and, God, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm watching SmackDown for the first time, and I see Hurricane Ooh. versus, and I want to say it was Hurricane versus like John Cena, but it couldn't have been John Cena because I think it had been too too early for him. But it was, it was something around those lines. I think it might have been John Cena. It doesn't matter. During the ruthless aggression version of John Cena, and. I fell in love with it. I loved the Hurricane, first of all. I oh, thought yeah. he was the best thing Hurricane ever. Helms As a comic book is nerd. Awesome. As a comic book nerd, Gregory Helms' The Hurricane was, I think it was the thing I needed to just get over the hump of like being into wrestling. Because wrestling is just a comic book with real life people. Oh, it's amazing. So I've been a wrestling fan now for a very, 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 very long time. I'm fully immersed in it. I watch wwe i watch aew i watch new japan i watched uh Im- i watch impact i watch impact as much as i do before i did before but i'll do it from time to time and i i have a couple friends in roh actually i have uh, i have people that i know in roh and oh pretty awesome i mean can you, can you say names like yes the sons of savagery oh it's is- shane taylor from out the yeah. land yes yes yeah oh, shout out yes. to jasper shout out to bishop Bishop Khan, my dude, uh, I met him over at Maryland Championship Wrestling with my friends. Rowan worked uh, there as both a ref and as Alice, uh, her or their uh, wrestling persona. And nice. I am a big, big fan of them too. Rest in peace, Bruiser, by nice. the way. Uh, Mary, uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling, RIP, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. But yeah, no, so I'm big into wrestling, uh, nice. big into it, always been. So, that's, I mean, that's, that's why you see the too sweet logo in the background. Nerdy club is for real. I love it, man. Like, because I love like, it's another uh, Shane Taylor, you know, being, you know, living in Cleveland. I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know, big out here. Um, oh man. Like ROH. So um, my wife for my wedding gift got mm-hmm. me the original ring of honor world title. 
Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I was like, and she worked with my best friend. She's like, I want to give him a belt. What belt? And she's like thinking like, oh, let's give him like the spitter. Like, no, this is the belt. Cause I fell in love. I mean, I've loved wrestling since, you know, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then I was at my buddy's house and we were, he was watching, it was 1999 fully loaded the rock and triple H in a ladder match for the IC title at his birthday. And, yes. but, and I, I was loving it. Then I discovered ring of honor. It was, I was reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and it was the match between Samoa Joe and Austin Aries, where Aries Let's won the go. belt. And then I got into it with like Samoa Joe, bring Brian Danielson, CM Punk, yes. Yes. And like that belt to me just so it hangs in our bedroom. So every morning I wake up and I get to see that belt, and it was like wrestling. Wrestling is Let's my get. But like, Samoa Joe yeah. is underrated oh, and he's rated very highly still and i still think he is underrated i think samoa joe um one of the best one of one of my favorite mics throughout all of tna impact oh, indie yeah. scene roh he's he cuts a brilliant promo v- just viciously strong um tactical with how he does things he makes people look good in the ring uh he nah, no dude he's he's just that primo he, stuff. That promo he had with uh, with Paul Heyman, where it was off mic, and he's like telling him like uh, what it's about to happen now. It's, I'm about to choke you out, and your man yeah. can't help you right now. And it was just like, oh, that he's so good. I love it. I mean, he's mm. and he's really funny too. Like, there's that skit he did for I think it was the Edge Christian show where he was selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, and he, the guy was like, oh, I hate Samoa. He's like, oh, come here. And then he's like. Does him like Kingpin did in the Daredevil, like just yes. like caves his head in. But no, he's I, amazing. Yeah, I think he deserves the. I this is a controversial opinion, and I'm just saying what I'm gonna say. And people can get mad if they want to send the hate to the show email. <laughs> Someone else will get to it. Tweet at me. No, no. Uh, I think Samoa Joe should have beat Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. I think. That Samoa Joe should have had his chance at the Universal Championship. I, I like. I know they didn't want to take it off Braun, uh, a Brock. I, I understand that. Um, I he when he came out and put Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar through the table, like in the first like forty five seconds of the match, it should have just been that. It should have been like Samoa Joe choking him out and just winning. Because unlike Brock Lesnar, who I actually like quite a bit, Samoa Joe can handle himself and he is clearly invested in the business. He doesn't have one foot out the door, one fit out for one fit in one fit out. He is clearly invested in the business. He wanted to, he wants to be a professional wrestler more than anything else. And I think the reason why Roman Reigns is doing as well as he's doing now is because he's basically doing a Samoa Joe. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And people are liking him, and WWE's pushing it. I was like, but we could have had that four years ago. If you had just let Tomo Joe done the thing. Oh, my God. Because, like, I would have loved to have seen Samoa Joe be that ominous. Like, you know, he doesn't even have to be on TV all the time, but he's always there. Like, the answer fighting and then when it needs to, he should like, he comes on back on and he's like, okay, you like, I'm a fighting champion. You've run the right to fight me. I'm going to decimate you, but you mm-hmm. give it your best shot. And just mm-hmm. and like, cause then whoever would have beaten him and like, 
again, like I would give them like an ROH, you know, style run of like a year yeah. or so. You build someone, and you, like you pull someone up from NXT, or you build someone up, and that person's an instant star. And yeah, exactly. Oh, there's so much they could have done. I still hope he well, gets. That's a what run. happened with. That's what happened with. Uh, who beat him? Shinsuke. Yeah, that's what they did. That's what they did, and it worked because we were all just like. Here comes Shinsuke coming out of New Japan. Now, granted, he's not a nobody, but like Shinsuke Nakamura comes over from uh, New Japan Wrestling with one of the best theme songs that WWE music has ever created. 100%. The Rising Sun for Shinsuke Nakamura is one of my top favorite theme songs that they've ever made. So good. And he comes, he comes in, is great. He doesn't speak barely a lick of the language, but he doesn't need to he's killing the game and when he he beats Samoa Joe for the title it felt like it mattered I think Shinsuke was the Shinsuke to rude was the last time I felt like the title really meant something in NXT I I don't want to be like rude I love Adam Cole and I think that the Undisputed Era is great I love the whole thing Uh, but right Rude was for me the last champion in NXT that I really was like, this feels invested. Right. Cause, okay. Yeah, because Drew McIntyre came in, he won, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I will say, like, I loved the series of matches that Gargano and like that that, that Gargano Cole match when Gargano okay. finally yeah, yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, like I, I will say, like the title didn't feel as important. But that match mm-hmm. felt was was good, but one hundred percent. Like the title that. has, especially since you know you had. Uh, it you know get drop uh, carrying cross had to drop it right away. Yeah, Balor was gone. Like it definitely needs like Balor's doing good work. Oh, Balor's great. Yeah. He was always great. He would have been the best. He would have been a great Universal Champion. It, it might have happened a little too soon, in my yeah. opinion. But they had to they had to take out Seth somehow. So yeah. like having Balor do it's fine is great. The fact that he had to put it down right away, I really wish that they would do more to connect those stories. Yes, but like WWE doesn't want anyone to remember that Finn ever held the belt. No, the, and, and I will say like one of the many, 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 many horrible things this pandemic did was mm-hmm. stopped us from having Finn versus Walter. Yes, I, I love me some Walter. Like I'm a Walter's great. I love British wrestling, and even though it kind of it needed to implode this past year due to all the mm-hmm. scandal, but I love mm-hmm. Walter. And like his match with Ilya Dragunov was amazing. The yes. match he had just recently with A Kid, like NXT UK is definitely like this little gem that is buried mm-hmm. in the WWE network. Really, and it's so good. But it's so good. I I think that I'm I've always been a fan of uh, of of the print. I like that he gets to he's doing the Prince thing. It's not full on Prince Devitt, but like it's so I, close. It's so it's close. so close. He needs to be a heel heel. Yeah. I think they're really keeping him tweener right now to sort of just kind of like sell merch. And they're just like, ah, he's not a bad guy. He's just his own guy. Yeah. And it's just like, let him be heel. Let him be full bad guy. And they missed their opportunity with the Bullet Club or the or the Balor Club or whatever oh, they wanted to call it. They so did. Like, like, like uh, this whole, like, everyone's in the Balor Club. No, give them guys. And then yeah. you had the guys. Like you literally had the guys, and they want to put it on AJ Styles, and I get it. I get it. AJ when AJ Styles came in at the Royal Rumble, shout out to the Royal Rumble coming out this some Monday. Yeah. I'm really excited. Hell yeah! Uh, when AJ Styles first came out for the Royal Rumble, I I remember screaming. 
oh, audibly screaming. That was, I, I, I remember screaming and also be like, why did you mess it? Like between that camera angle mess up and when oh, yeah. Edge came back in that first spear, like, which, oh, I, I, I lost you there for a second. But, um, oh, I lost you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so but like I mean that like but like no like like hearing that music and then seeing like it was just a surreal thing and we're getting that now with like the, the Kenny Omega like going to to Impact yeah. and all that and mm-hmm. like but like and I mean Impact like so like I actually I'm a big fan of it right now I mean because I love mm-hmm. the talent there I love what they're doing with guys like Cardona and Brian Myers yeah. but no like right mm-hmm. now. It's a hell of a time to be a wrestling fan. It's a hell of a time to be a nerd mm-hmm. as well. Because, I mean, not only in that Bullet Club uh, logo behind you, I also see some uh, D20s. Yeah, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Shout out to all my Dungeons and Dragons fans out there. I love it. Um, you st- One of your TikToks, you stitched it, and it was like, you know, what is something that your partner does that isn't inherently sexual that you find hot? And I believe it was your fiance filling out a Dungeons and Dragons character sheet. And, yes. like, that's very cool. Like, is, mm. that, is that something that you guys do together? Yeah, so we have a monthly game that we play where I DM and uh, we have a bunch of friends that would play. The lovely thing about Zoom and then like online chatting and stuff is that we can still play Dungeons and Dragons. It's not as collective as it is like when you're all around the table eating snacks and you know just being around each other. Oh, for sure. But you can still play. And you can play across state lines. You can play across timelines. It's like it's really, really great. Um, and so we've been playing for about a year and a half now. That's awesome. Uh, this this uh, continuing campaign, um, so, and I remember when we first started dating, she was like, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons! Oh, I'll never play that. Oh, it's super. Oh, so you're such a nerd thing." And I was like, "I'm gonna get you to play, and once you play, you're gonna like it because it's it's the ultimate game." I tell people all the time, "Video games are great. I love video games. Board games are awesome. I love board games. Dungeons and Dragons is the ultimate game. It is." All the re- all the things you've ever asked yourself while playing a video game. Why can't I just jump over this hill? Why can't I just do that thing? Why can't I just go left instead of right? You can't. Everything is open to you. Everything has uh, adventure behind it. All you have to do is use your imagination. It's like being a kid again, only just with a little bit more structure for our adult brains to be able to work at. That's awesome. And like, honestly, like I've never, I've only played Dungeon Dragons once. It's one of those things where I, I want to do it and I just need to find the group. And it was, the group funny. is important. And like, I, so there's a bar in the town I live in it's called uh, the side quest. And oh. I, I, oh, it's, you would love this place. I, I absolutely is. It is amazing. Like the entire menu is nerd themed. Uh, uh, it's, I have oh, to go. You like you would absolutely love this place, and they have like a beginners, um, a beginner for D and D's, and I was gonna be on Sunday nights. Pandemic happened, and, and, but, but like I oh, have this stuff, Rona. and like I just, it's one of those things where like I, you know, obviously like I have the creative outlet of the podcast. Um, years and years ago, I did stand up in 2020. I was gonna make my stand up return going to open mic nights. I'd like yeah. my little like here's my goals for 2020, and I revisited nice. a couple weeks ago. I'm like. Fuck! <laughs> Didn't get half these things done, <laughs> but I mean, again, global pandemic. But yeah. um, but no, like I I, I really want to like I, I've gotten back into comic books. Um, really been getting back to comic books lately. Comic books. I don't know. I if just you... get, I I just left the comic before I came on here. I was actually at the comic book shop. Nice. Literally just there. What, what, now, what, what did you get this week? What, what was your pull? Oh, my my friend, the other side of the DC universe or just yeah the other history the other history of the dc universe um it's in oh it's in the other room i would pick it up and read all the read all the stuff for you but it is 
probably one of the best series I've read okay. in a very long time. Nice. I I am transfixed. It's been a while, long time. Ever since Superman up in the sky. That was good. Superman, oh, ooh, thank you. Thank you, baby. John Ridley. Thank you. John written by John Ridley and the artwork is done by Jose and I'm, I'm going to butcher the last name. Villaruba, I think it is. Villarubia. Looks like this. This is the second issue of the uh the five-part series. So it's uh John Ridley who wrote 12 Years a Slave if you mm-hmm. if you recognize the name. And it's basically just stories written in prose so it's not traditional comic panels written in prose from the perspective of different superheroes in the dc universe who just are are minority so the last the first one was black uh, black lightning and then the second one here was uh mal duncan otherwise known as harold otherwise known as the guardian or one of the guardians and then uh uh karen beecher duncan also known as bumblebee and it is so good and like sad, but like beautiful and hard hitting and beautifully done. So that was what I picked up today. Uh, and I'll probably be going back to get some other stuff. And I also picked up this old book or this old, like it's like a right. mutants and masterminds. It's like a, a D&D game, but with superheroes instead of fantasy stuff. So I was, I figured I'd read that up. That sounds awesome. I've I've been really digging on DC. Like I swear, like DC out. So I am very partial to the MCU. I think the MCU yeah. is killing it. Yes. Everything else, DC, like their animated stuff, Young Justice. Thank you. Young, I, yes. I love Young Justice. Like, Speak on that, sir. When, Speak on it. When Young Justice <laughs> went like when it came and then they took it away from us, I was so mad. And then when they I brought it furious. back, Titans mm-hmm. is really good. I love Titans. I loved well, when they cast Starfire for Titans. Yes. The anger that people had. I'm like, she's orange. She's, she's orange. Just let it and be. Like, and yeah. she was like the perfect casting. The perfect. That's so great. Like she's great as Corey. Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, DC animated are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, like, like all those. So like, but I, yeah, like DC, like outside of their movies, cause they're like, and I'm, I'm going to give Justice League, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm, the, the, the Schneider cut? Yeah, I have like this much hope Why it's going to be good. That? Why would you do that? I have I'm no a masochist, hope for apparently. Yes, exactly. Well, I feel the same way because I'm like that with Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think Suicide Squad was wet garbage. Oh. Uh, but I will go see every Suicide Squad movie they make because I love the Suicide Squad. I used to read that comic all the time. I love Suicide Squad. It doesn't make any sense. Like, yes, it could be just as bad. But I, I was so hyped for that movie. I'm hyped. For the, I'm, I'm hyped for the new one. Like, I feel like yes. the new one is going to be really good. It's, but I mean, but yeah, I think because no. they failed so hard the first time, they're not going to take it nearly as seriously this time, which is what they needed to do the first time. Yes. Is just like, don't take it so seriously. The concept is inherently silly. The concept is not, and not even silly. It's inherently like nonsensical you need to just lean into that don't don't make it this dark and gritty thing and then prop margot robbie in there with some booty shorts and think it's going to be all good like no 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 like give us 
the silliness of the concept of people with bombs in their heads who are all super villains, who are bad guys, yeah. and they have to save the world because they have to. Not because they want to, but because they have to. And if you want to do a reveal or like a, a or a face turn, as we say in the business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a face turn, make it gradual. Make it give us three movies before they're actually good guys. Like, give us three movies. Well, that's what DC didn't do. They rushed everything. It was, to bring it back to wrestling again, it was yeah. hot shot booking the entire time. Yeah. Like they, yep. they, they saw what you know, MC was doing, and they're like, we mm-hmm. want that. And they're like, they've put in, at that point, like five or six years. Like, yeah. You, you, it's unearned. Like, what, I just rewatched Endgame a couple nights ago. Yeah. And it still makes me cry. It's, the it's first emotional. Time. Endgame is amazing. Yeah, like that, especially like the first time after watching it after my my, my dad passed. Like mm. you know that moment with with Peter and Tony, and mm. and that it, just shaking, crying, and they wanted that kind of investment, and you mm-hmm. can't do that with two movies. Yeah, and you know what I think the thing is, and and we're gonna get into it because I I I think that Batman versus Superman is one of the most one of the biggest travesties to film that's ever happened in our timeline. Agreed. I think it honestly people should be fired and then uh drawn and quartered in the street. They they Agreed. fumbled it Agreed. so badly. But um but here's the thing. They thought that because Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman to a lesser extent are such household names and have 75 plus years of goodwill that they could have their cake and eat it too. They're going to say, we're not your grandmother's Batman. We're not your grandfather's Superman, but you need to think these people are Superman. Like you need to think that this is the Superman, but also you need to feel like it's that Superman, but it's not that Superman because we're going to do different things with it. But we want you to care about him. Like you cared about that Superman. It's like, no, 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 no. When the MCU started, they picked D-list heroes that nobody was even picking off the shelves. No one was buying Thor. No one was buying Iron Man. Hulk was selling like like burnt, you know, cat hair. Like all of that stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody knew about Guardians. I'm a huge nerd, and I had to remember who these dudes were. So it's like, like they picked the bottom of the barrel, but what they did was gave you from the beginning, gave you movies to learn about them at your own pace, at your own desire, and slowly but surely, we gained a, a, a love for these people that mattered. I remember in Endgame, I cried a bunch of t- I think I, in the theater, I cried like two times in Endgame. But when, when, when Tony died, I died. I cried a lot. I, I cried. It was sad. But you know where I cried the most hmm. was the credits. Not, not the, in the movie. When the credits changed to show the original Avengers title sequences and the names of the actors that played them. Okay. And it, and, and it, and it showed all of their pictures throughout the film series. I got, I connected with all the time I invested. Oh, like I've yeah. been watching these movies since before I started dating my fiance. I've been watching these movies since before I knew she existed. Like I literally had been with these movies for so much of my life they've gotten me through high school they got me through college they got like like i was so to see that it was finally ending and 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 to give this like salute to these actors who had put so much time and effort into creating these characters and all the writing staff and all the people who made that happen it was worth it but then when you watch Batman and Superman, they want you to care that Superman's dead and he's only been around for a movie and a half and you're just like 
And he was so, why do I care? And he was almost like a, a cardboard character, not mm-hmm. as bad as like Cyclops and X Men, but not <laughs> far off. Like you didn't care about him at all in Batman vs Superman, and so no. that whole Martha, what? Yeah, like even what? even that like it was so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. None of it made any sense. Not, not even that it made any sense. It's just that the sense that it made was irrelevant because we didn't care about him. And not and, and honestly, Henry Cavill could have done that really well. Like we know that he can act well. If you watch The Man from Uncle or you watch uh even Mission Impossible the newest one, mm-hmm. Ghost Protocol or whatever, uh or whatever the Mission Impossible one where he was the bad guy. He's good. He could have done it. Give him the thing to work with and he could do it. Even in the Justice League where you see where uh uh where uh uh, Buffy, I always forget his name. He he did all the MCU stuff. Yeah. Um, when you can see the scenes where he was involved, the, where they took the Snyder stuff out and put him back in, or put him in, that Superman, the one that's like, hey, kids, like let me talk to you. And the, and the ha-ha-ha, I'm going to laugh a little bit, and let me be a dorky kid from Kansas. Henry Cavill could pull that off, 100%. and he did. It was just that we it's too little too late. Yeah. You gave us a movie of a sour gray Superman with no interesting plots whatsoever. His dad wants him to kill people. He left a tornado kill his father. Like all of these like super lame things in the first movie. And then the second movie, he's not even a main character. He's the he's, he's, he's you know, piggybacking off of Batman um, who is again, terrible. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then here we come, and then he's like, they always bring him back, and we're supposed to care that he's dead. Give us some time. Trust in the material. But see, the people at DC movies, whatever reason, the reason why the animated stuff is so good is that the animated stuff is literally the stuff from the comics. Yep. When they tell you that, hey, you should care if this Batman, if Batman dies, it's because this is the same Batman from the comics you're reading. This is like everything that happened there, it happened before this and now this. So that way we feel emotionally connected to this Batman. It's, it's the Batman that has 75 years of goodwill with us because we know that's the same Batman. Even if it's not, you know, the same Batman, it feels like the same Batman because they give us that. They let us know that that's okay. Agreed. I mean, it's just, and like, yeah. it's just, it, it's so frustrating. Like, I, my, I, for some reason, we, we had it on, and I was just like, turn my wife, I'm like, you have the the biggest properties in the world, and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yet, people, I, I watched my wife cry when Groot, which she known for one movie, died, mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. we had the same emotion to Superman. Nothing. Like, it's it just nothing. like I don't. I and like like it's just insan insanity to me, and like like mm-hmm. same kind of thing with, with like with with your fiance and D and D. Like my wife got into I got her into the MCU movies, and mm-hmm. now she's the one who looks forward to them. Like she's like we're watching yeah. WandaVision, and like she's spotting things that I'm not spotting, and like she's like into yeah. it right now. And it's just like it's 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 so awesome when you can like find that thing where you connect with your partner on, on those yeah. dirty things and they're open to it. And I just, I guess we're lucky that they connected on the super nerdy <laughs> things, like not the wrestling. Like yes. she, she loves me. Oh no. D- d- nothing wants, just nothing wants to do with the wrestling. Same, same thing. I've tried to get my, uh, try to get my fiance to watch wrestling with me. It is a no go. 
It is a non-starter. I took her to. <laughs> I took. I've taken her to two wrestling shows. One was a Chikara show when we lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. and like that's the most cartoony. So I thought that would work. Yeah, and like she enjoyed it. And then there's also a company mm-hmm. in Ohio called Old Wrestling, where like it's like mm-hmm. 1920s, like old timey wrestling. And it's like, and it's crazy. Um, like Matt Cross is the champion there. Um, oh, wow. uh, Ricky Shane Page is involved. He's this judge where I saw him do a match where he, it was, uh, he was in a wheelchair the entire match. He wrestled the match in a wheelchair. Um, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, it, like old time, old, old wrestling. It's, it's awesome. But like, but so yeah, wrestling, she's like, okay, you, like now I have like I'm recording in my attic. She's like, you can watch wrestling mm-hmm. in the attic. That can like be a you thing, and that can <laughs> do anything else. But when it comes to like the movies, like on Fridays, like she's like, if you watch One Division without me, <laughs> I will break you. I'm like, yes, ma'am. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Yes, I, what I'm saying is, you, you got to get someone who can share something fun with you and and and, and find a way to enjoy nerdy stuff is. We say nerdy stuff, and I and it's more of a genre name now. It's more of a nomenclature than it really is what it is. It's story that you'll enjoy. If you have a partner, you know, if you're listening to the show, and thanks for listening to the show. If you're listening to the show and you have a partner that doesn't like nerdy stuff, just let them know it's about a story. It's not inherently nerdy. It's just for the longest time, the only people who were knowing how cool this stuff was were nerds. We had it all to ourselves for the longest time. And now it's just that people starting to realize, oh, wow, these stories, these characters are really interesting. The fact that Groot grew on an entire, no pun intended, grew on an entire nation of people around the world. Everyone was like, oh, Groot, Groot, Groot. Groot had been in comic books forever, but no one knew how cool he was. But then they took a chance on something odd and strange, and it became one of the biggest success stories of the MCU. All the Guardians of the Galaxy did. So if Guardians of the Galaxy can be a success and be something you like, trust me when I say, take a chance on something nerdy. Play some Dungeons and Dragons. Go into a comic book shop. Find something that looks cool. Just find a comic like artwork that looks nice, pick it up. Like don't be afraid to step in and try it out because it's some of the most fun you're going to have. And I, I, I was agree. And one thing I, I, the last thing I want to touch on is that, so your, your shop where you can get your awesome merch, which yeah. I, I will be getting merch. You also incorporate another thing that is very dear, dear to my heart and my wife's heart is you have your shirts and they're the colors of four distinct houses. <laughs> yes. And so, um, I, I guess I had to ask mm. which, which color, which house are you in? And if you don't know, we're talking about Harry Potter. What, yes. house, are, what house are you in? I am a Slytherin. I am a oh. proud okay. Slytherin. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Slytherin for days, all day, every day. Green and mean machine. Supreme. And what, <laughs> now what about your partner? What about your fiance? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah, so, there you so, go. Hufflepuff for the longest time, I thought it was a Gryffindor, probably because like, oh, I, I want to be the Gryffindor, and my wife's yeah. like, no, no, you're Hufflepuff, you're a thousand. So I'm like, okay, during quarantine, like, I'm gonna take this Pottermore quiz, and whatever it mm. says, I will abide by. Put it in Hufflepuff, and she starts yep. maniacally laughing, like, I told you, <laughs> like, she's a Ravenclaw, I'm a Hufflepuff, and mm-hmm. I, I have embraced it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff is like. Melted cheese. They kind of go with anything. Oh, 100. Like, <laughs> kind of. They will go. They will match well with any house. Uh, they're just. They're, they're just. They work well. Uh, yeah, I've been a Slytherin 
every test I've ever taken has either put me in Slytherin or Gryffindor, but mostly Slytherin, uh, or the weird combined house of like Slytherindor or Gryffindor or whatever. Um, and yeah, we're the best house canonically, so that's just what it is. <laughs> all right, so let's let's plug everything you have. So like, give me all yeah. the plugs for all your everything. So. If you're looking to find nerdy stuff, which I hope you are because I would love it and you would love it, you can find me on all the social media. So TikTok, at Nerdy Rocks, that's N-U-R-D Rocks, like multiple Dwayne Johnsons, uh, at uh, IG, Instagram, Nerdy Rocks, same situation, N-U-R-D Rocks, Twitter, Nerdy Rocks. Super easy to find me there too. And if you type in Nerdy on YouTube, you'll be able to find me, some of my videos, my music, some other fun stuff that I've done on YouTube. Uh, I like it a whole bunch. And if all that stuff isn't enough for you, you can go to nerdyrocks.com where you can find exclusive music stuff or you can buy my music if you want to. You can check out the Nerdy Club store where we'll have a bunch of stuff for you, the house shirts, as we mentioned, but as well as a bunch of other stuff, hats or not hats, uh, shirts, fanny packs, stickers, posters, bed sheets, a comforter, beach towels, mugs. Pencil cases, whatever you're looking for, we got it for you. Face masks for those of you who are out, you need to be out and about. We have Nerdy Club face masks for your beautiful faces. And yeah, check it all out. Uh, make sure you follow me on TikTok too. That's where I was found for this beautiful show. But ultimately, I post a lot of weird, funny stuff on there. It's not just music stuff, it's just weird stuff. <laughs> no, I love your TikToks. And I think it's great. And I honestly, like, please, 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 like, obviously, like, you can find, you know, his music on Spotify and streaming services, but go the extra mile buy the music support the yes. artists like the fact you have fanny packs that just make uh, that'll be added to the order because <laughs> i love me a good fanny pack there you go <laughs> we have a lot of good fanny packs but yes please uh please yeah uh, buy the music really appreciate it and and also stream it those numbers mean something to local artists you uh everybody you know that's super big came off of some somebody at some point being like these numbers are great. Let's give this person a chance. Obviously, people care. So if you have a chance, if you're on Spotify, you're on iTunes, you're on uh, Tidal, you're on all of these things, follow me there. Put me on your playlist. Share it with my friend, your friends. Uh, that kind of stuff. It really does add up. Every number adds up to something big. Hundred percent, and like like you know, word of mouth is always big. So yes, and so if yeah, if you want to follow this podcast, we are on uh, Twitter at Biff Radio, Instagram Biff Radio One. We are proud members of the Jabroni U Podcasting Network. Go to jabroniu.com to find uh, all of our different podcasts. You can go to our, our merch store, which is not as amazing as the Nerd Club. I, I bow down to the Nerd Club. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was an absolute joy. Um, I would love to have you on again because I feel like yes. the conversation has just started on a number of different topics so oh, i'll be i can i can come back we can we can have a whole wrestling episode oh hell we yeah can have a whole comic book episode video game episode i'm ready oh, we didn't even to touch go. video games so like i we, like we'll set it up so i want to go off on uh you released another uh album last year trapped in my room we talked about the masks we are still in a pandemic so come on I, people i want to talk i want to play you out with uh six feet i think it's a great song nerdy thank you so much you are thank you amazing amazing so we'll see everyone next week listen to music good night good night so i got made it so i got made it so i got made it so 
six feet, six feet away, homie. Five feet, 12 inches away from me. Keep your distance, what the heck are you not getting? Take yourself back to the bathroom, wash your hands for 20 seconds, and then six feet. Six feet away, homie. Five feet, 12 inches away from me. Keep your distance, what the heck are you not getting? Take yourself right to the bathroom, wash your hands for 20 seconds, and then stop listening to Trump. Stop holding all the toilet paper from your boy, I'm trying to take a dump. Y'all are crazy. This is serious.